service. So Brother Churchill, come on and take your liberty. Thank you very much. We greet you in the name of the Lord. For neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men. Whereby we must be saved. Praise the Lord. You may be seated. It's such a privilege to be with all of you this morning. And... Uh, I'm just at that age where I know a little bit about electronics, but not a whole lot. And so I have to bring a paper copy because if I hit the wrong button and lose it, I still have a few notes around. Amen. It was a great weekend for us also being here in the north central Jersey district. And uh, we've certainly enjoyed being with Brother and Sister Wyatt. Praise God. Great people of God. Great people of God. Amen. Praise the Lord. And uh, I marvel at how easily these folks can get around here. Because you have more traffic in a day than we have in a week up home. <laughs> Amen. I enjoy the ride, but I certainly wouldn't enjoy it if I was driving. So it's good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Amen. Amen. It's good to know who Jesus is. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. It's good to have the great hope we have in our hearts this morning. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. I'm going to read from 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 12 this morning. Uh, just a verse here. As we look into the Word of the Lord. I, uh, I don't see the clocks around. So I've got to get my distractor out here. Oh, I see it now. Praise the Lord. Amen. I know that we have to be careful on this service because we've got another service to follow. And uh, I mentioned the other night, uh, in Maine, they, the, the proper name is Mainers. But people like to call us maniacs. And so you're going to hear a maniac this morning. And I've been accused of talking fast. So you'll have to listen fast. And I hope I can get my message across to you this morning because I feel like I have something to share from the Word of the Lord. We need to make this service count today. Amen. Praise the Lord. First Corinthians 13, verse 12. For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know even also I am known. I'd like to read that from another translation. It reads like this. We don't yet see things clearly. Is there an amen? amen? We are squinting in a fog, peering through a mist. But it won't be long before the weather clears and the sun shines bright. We'll see it all then, see it all as clearly as God sees us, knowing Him directly just as He knows us. Praise God. And I want to talk to you about the dark glass this morning, looking through a dark glass. Amen. How many times has something transpired? It was very difficult to understand why. One of the first words every child learns is the word why. And they never get past that word sometimes. 
You explain the why, and then they say, why again? There's always going to be some things in life we don't understand. And sometimes when we pray, we think God doesn't answer us. But the problem is, we don't get the answer we want. God will always answer us for what's best for us. But you know how we are. Selfish. Self-centered. Praise the Lord. Sometimes we know before we ask what the answer is. But sometimes we think we can influence God and change His mind. But you don't change the mind of God. Somebody say, praise the Lord. Not too long ago, one of my neighboring pastors, his 41-year-old daughter became very ill. And she had grown up in the church, but she went astray, became a prodigal. She abused her body with alcohol and drugs. And, and, uh, but she had come back to the Lord and was living for the Lord. And she got real sick. And she had to go to the hospital. And so a lot of prayer was made that God would help her. She had a couple of small children. Prayer was made that God would spare her life and help her. But after much prayer, she didn't make it and she passed away. And this normal. Everybody said, well, why, God? We prayed. We asked you for healing. And we know there's healing. But not every time we pray for healing does it come. Not like we think it ought to come. Some still wonder why. But God does all things well. Amen? We'd like to know more, but it leaves us looking through a dark glass. Not being able to clearly see the whole picture. One thing I love about the Lord this morning is, He sees the whole picture. He knows the end from the beginning. He's in control. He sits on the throne. And He's here to help us today. And he knows what we need here the most this morning. Praise the Lord. Amen. A couple of two or three years ago, uh, one of our young ladies, one of our teenage girls in our church, she made friends at school with another young lady. She got her to come to church with her. And I can see her now. The, the, the young people in our church, we have them set right up front. This keeps them out of mischief. And keeps them in the service as much as possible. So I can see them sitting on the floor and she's sitting right on the end. She'd come for a number of weeks. Nobody seemed to pay a whole lot of attention to her. Her family was unsaved and they didn't go to church. And she seemed to enjoy our services. So after this one particular Sunday night, the Lord blessed and she prayed a little bit and she went home. On Monday morning, when her mother went to get her up for school, she couldn't arouse her. And so she went to the door and she opened the door and her daughter had, in the night, taken her life. And I thought about that over and over. We prayed for her. I don't think she ever got the Holy Ghost. So we say to God, why? And I tell you this morning, there are some things there are no answers for. Because we're seeing through a dark glass today. It's kind of like you get up in the morning and it's foggy out. And I don't know if you have much fog around here, but sometimes it gets so thick up home you can hardly drive in it. And sometimes that's the way it is with the Lord. We don't understand the ways of God. 
His ways are far above our ways. And sometimes things happen and we want to look at God and say, well, why, God? And right now we don't understand. But I come to tell you this morning, someday God will help us to understand why it happened like it did. And because you don't understand today, don't get discouraged. God's still in control. And when the time is right, He's going to reveal it. Praise the Lord. Amen. Here in 1 Corinthians 13, Paul seeks to explain why some things just don't seem to make sense. Or why we seem to be left wondering about certain matters. Amen. Now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. In the NIV translation, it says, Now we see but a poor reflection as in a mirror. And in the Amplified, it reads, Now we are looking in a mirror that gives only a dim, blurred reflection of reality as in a riddle or enigma. And then in the New Living Translation, it says, Now we see things imperfectly as in a cloudy mirror. Amen. And that's the way it is sometimes, isn't it? When our natural eyes create a blurred image of whatever we are looking at, this is called an astigma. And we know we are unable to explain why, to any degree, the certainty of why some things happen like they do. When they happen or why they happen sometimes remains a mystery to us, and only God knows. In the book of Ecclesiastes, the wise man Solomon makes it clear that we are to take life as it comes and not try to understand everything in it. Now, that's hard. Amen. Now, in our distracted world, <laughs> my wife has a certain sound on her phone so that when it goes off, she knows who it is. But my wife is not the best communicator. She doesn't always tell me what's coming through those lines. So I have to ask her, well, who's that? Well, what they want? Because we like to know everything. I like to know everything. Maybe I shouldn't speak for you. But the unknown intrigues me. Sometimes to the point I get myself in trouble trying to figure out what it is. In Ecclesiastes chapter 8, the wise man said, When I applied my heart to know wisdom and to see the business that is done upon the earth, for also there is that neither day nor night seeth sleep with his eyes. Then I beheld all the work of God, that a man cannot find out the work that is done under the sun. Because though a man labored to seek it out, Yet he shall not find it, yea, further, though a wise man think to know it, yet shall he not be able to find it. Amen. Let, let me just give you another translation. When I determined to load up on wisdom and examine everything placed on the earth, I realized that if you keep your eyes open day and night without even blinking, you'll still never figure out the meaning of what God is doing on the earth. Now, if you can receive that, you'll get some help here today. Because you're not always going to know everything. You must know somebody that people say, well, that's a know-it-all over there. No, you don't know nobody like that. (laughs) Prosperity is not always a sign that God's pleased with us. Sinners sometimes prosper more than saints. On the other hand, trials and troubles 
and hardships, adversity, are not necessarily a sign that God's punishing us. When we look at the book of Job, Job was a righteous man. Feared God and loved God. He was a rich man. But God still came before his possessions. Look at the suffering this man with who unable to understand what was happening to him. How many times do you think Job must have said to God, Why, God? He lost all of his animals. He lost all of his possessions. And he even lost his family. And, and, and he, was, he was in a fog. A dark glass. He couldn't figure out what God's doing with him. And even his wife turned against him. He was all alone. And then his friends came and they accused him of doing something to God. That's a difficult position to be in. And I know that that would happen to us. I don't know how I would respond, but I will tell you how Job responds. He worshiped the Lord. I don't understand, but I know God's in control. And whatever he's doing to me must be for my will. I'm just going to praise the Lord. That's a tremendous state of mind we could get in. Is regardless of what happens to us, we can learn to just keep praising the Lord. Just keep lifting up the name of Jesus. We may not know today, but maybe a few days down the road, God will reveal to us what He's working through us. Lift your hands and let's praise Him this morning. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise God. In Genesis... We have the story of the patriarch Jacob. One day, Jacob's grown sons show up at his tent door. And they got this, they got this coat in their hands. They got this coat in their hands. Now, this is... This is Jacob's older sons. And it's blood-stained. And Jacob recognizes it to be that coat of many colors. And it's covered with blood. Now, don't ask me why. Those sons of Jacob did a dirty trick. They made their father to believe that Joseph had been killed by a wild animal. And all they found was this coat, and they brought it back to Jacob. That broke his heart. He looked at that coat. He took that coat, looked it all over, and he knew it was Joseph's. And in his mind, from that moment on, Joseph was dead. Now, his other sons knew the story, but them dirty rascals, not one of them, squealed and told their father what they had done. Picture with me, if you will. In his canvas house, they didn't have brick and mortar like we do today. Over in the corner somewhere, Jacob goes over and hangs that coat up there. And every day he lives, when he walks by that corner of his house, there's Joseph. There's Joseph. The boy's gone. A wild animal. You know something? I believe the mother sons watched their father go over and look at that jacket, weep some tears and broken hearted over that, and not one of them would tell them what happened to his son. 
Thirteen long years. Jacob walked by that jacket and looked at it. Where's my boy? What happened to my boy? Did he suffer? Did they tear him all apart? You can just imagine what the thoughts were going through his mind. I wonder how many times Jacob said, Why, God? Now, we know the rest of the story. But Jacob is going through the story not knowing what happened. Jacob, if you read on, you'll find that Jacob said later on, Why is all of this against me? Why is life treating me like this? Little did he know, it really wasn't against him. God was preparing a way of escape. So when the famine came, he'd have a place, he'd have somebody in place so that Jacob would take his family down there and their lives would be spared. Listen to me this morning. I don't know why God's treating you like he is, but he's got a plan for your life. God's going to see you through to the end. And so when the going gets a little tough, don't get angry at God or don't start questioning God. Just understand, God knows my end from the beginning, and He's working it out for me. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Well, the famine comes, and Jacob hears there's corn in Egypt. So he sends his boys down, and by this time, Joseph has learned to speak their language down there, and he's grown up. And he doesn't look the same, and so they don't recognize who it is. But right away, Joseph knew that's them rotten brothers of mine. And he could have said, now it's my turn. But Joseph had too much of God to do that. And so they came before him. He treated them a little gruffly, roughly, you know, he didn't want them to know who he was. And, and boy, they got afraid of him right away. They bowed down. They did everything. Joseph had had a dream. And in his dream, his brothers were going to bow down before him. And his mother and father were going to bow down before him. And though Joseph didn't see the whole picture, now it's beginning to take place in his mind. This is what my dream was about. Here they are down here in Egypt. I'm in control of everything. And now they're bowing down before me. You see how God works? Thirteen years is a long time to go through a trial, isn't it? And so he gives them corn, but he says, he inquires of them, because he knows the whole story. They don't. And he finds out they've got a brother at home. He says, yeah, you're a bunch of spies. And so he said, I want you to leave Simeon here. You go back home, take the corn to your father, and you bring your younger brother back. I want to, I want to check out, make sure you're not spying on me. Of course, they knew when they went back and told their father that wasn't going to go over very well. And sure enough, when they got back home, and, and Jacob heard this, and he heard that Simeon had been left down there, and they wanted uh, Benjamin to come down. Jacob said, why are all of these things working against me? What's happening that I'm feeling so much pain over all of this? He didn't want to do it at first, but when the corn ran out and he had no other choice, he sent them back with Benjamin. And you you read the story how that, Joseph can hardly contain himself when he sees Benjamin. And he sees his other brothers. And he sees what's going on. And, it, and, and the plan of God is unfolding to Joseph and explained to him, Joseph, this is why you went to jail for four years for something you didn't do. I've read a number of stories 
of innocent people going to jail and spending 15, 20, 25 years before they're released. And it always pains me to think somebody would waste that much time in their life. And, of course, you ask the question, why? And there's just some things, it's like a fog. We can't, we're looking through a dark glass. Through this life, we'll never see clearly like God sees what he wants to do. But the Bible tells us then the, the, the glass is going to clear up and we're going to see what all God was working out in our lives. Praise the Lord. If only we could get a little bit of glimpse today, I think that would change the climate in this service this morning and make us want to really thank God that he's on our side. Praise the Lord. When they came back and, and Jacob is told that they they got to go down with Benjamin, he wouldn't do it at first. But then when you get hungry enough, you do things, don't you? He finally let him go. They get down there. And when Joseph sees Benjamin, he breaks down. He's so overwhelmed with happiness and seeing his younger brother and all of that. And so finally, he couldn't contain himself no more. He puts out all the Egyptians, all the servants. It's just him and his brother. He looks at them. And this is one of the most moving stories outside of Calvary in the Bible. I'm Joseph. I'm Joseph. And the shock that came over them, realizing they thought they had gotten rid of him, and now here he's the one in charge of everything, and they're bowing down to him. Now, the Bible tells us that they were fearful that Joseph would take his spite out on them. And you'll read further on when, when Jacob dies and they bury him and it's all over with, his brothers come to him, and they're very afraid, want to know, Joseph, what are you going to do to us now? And Joseph said, you meant it for harm, but God meant it for good. And if God did it, how can I do anything? You don't have a justifiable reason to be at odds with a brother or sister this morning. You don't have a justifiable reason to be angry at anybody today. Because whatever God's doing, He's working it out for your good. Praise the Lord. Oh, lift your hands and praise Him this morning. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. We read in Job chapter 13 and verse 15, when Job's going through all of this and all the reports are coming in, the animals are all gone, your family's all destroyed, all that. This is what Job said. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. <laughs> I can't tell you. If I could go through what Job went through and have that kind of an attitude. I don't know how I would feel if the Lord took my wife and my children and everything I owned and I was destitute. And then my body is covered with sores and all that was going on. I don't know how I would react. And I pray God don't put me there. But when it happened to Job, yeah, well, I trust him. Is he in control of your life this morning? Is he in control of your life this morning? Do you really love Him with all your heart today? Can you accept whatever God places in your life as the will of God? And that someday, though you don't know it now, you'll understand it better by and by? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Now we see through a glass darkly. Paul said in 2 Corinthians eleven twenty-four. Listen, here's the man that wrote half the New Testament. 
Here's the man. What a testimony. Oh, it's on the way to to Damascus. A bright light shining from heaven. Wouldn't you like to have a testimony like that? And, and, and the Lord spoke to me and said, go down to a street, call straight. The man's going to come pray for you, and you'll understand this. So he gets up. He's, he's persecuting the church, putting him in jail, and killing some of them. You understand? He's a bad guy. But the Lord saw something in his heart nobody else saw. I wonder what the Lord sees in our heart this morning. I wish I had your talent to lead singer like that. You know what? I have never got a request to sing. (laughs) And I love to sing. That's not my talent. But I'm not angry at God. Someday I'm going to sing with the angels. And I think for your benefit, it's better than I wait till then. (laughs) Amen. Now notice this. This great apostle wrote half the New Testament. Notice what he said here in First Corinthians, Second Corinthians, chapter eleven. Of the Jews, five times I received forty stripes, save one. Thirty-nine stripes, five different times. Three times I was beaten with rods. My Lord, I thought my dad was rough. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day have I been in the deep, in journeys often, in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils by mine own countrymen, in perils of the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, perils, 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 in weariness and painfulness, in watches often, in hunger and thirst. Oh, it's fast day. Oh, my stomach hurts. Anybody hearing me this morning? Besides those things that are without... That which cometh upon me daily, the cares of all the churches. Then he said in 2 Corinthians 12, 7, Lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of revelations, there was given unto me a thorn in the flesh, messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. Isn't it an amazing thing what a little splinter in the finger can do? A little thorn, huh? Now, Paul went through all of this and still there was the thorn in the flesh given to him. He said, I prayed three times for deliverance. And the Lord said, Saul, my grace is sufficient. Praise the Lord. Now, when we compare our life today with what Paul went through, where do we stand? Are we blessed this morning? Are we blessed today? Are you thankful for what health you got? It may not be the best, but at least you're sitting here this morning and able to worship the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I don't know if Paul ever asked the question, why or not, but he had to think it. Why, Lord, if I'm doing all this for you, why is all this happening to me? Paul admonishes Ephesians in Ephesians 6.13, Wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And, everybody said and, having done all, stand. Don't quit. Don't lay down. Don't throw up your hands. Just keep standing for Jesus. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Regardless of what our circumstances are, or what we may be going through, stand up for Jesus. Give the Lord praise that He's worthy of. Learn to trust Jesus at all times. Remember this morning, you're only seeing through a dark glass. You're not seeing it clearly. You don't understand every detail. 
And though we'd like to have every detail, God doesn't show us every detail. Sometimes you'll be able to see through a clear glass, but other times it's going to be a, a foggy, a dark glass. And the picture won't be clear to you. But someday, everybody say someday, someday. we're just going to see through a clear glass. We're going to see him face to face. Hallelujah. Praise God. Paul wrote to the Corinthians, he said, now we walk by faith and not by sight. We shout over that, but it's not easy to live like that. We walk by faith, yay, yay, yay. But then when there's nothing there by faith, we say, why, Lord? Huh? We don't always understand. But if we always trust, it's going to be all right. The same verse in another translation says, it's what we trust in. But don't yet see that keeps us going. Amen. Praise the Lord. You must always remember that in this life, we're looking through a dark glass. Someday it's going to clear up and we're going to see it. Praise the Lord. The songwriter said it so well when he pins the words to the song. By and by, when the morning comes. When all the saints of God are gathered home. We'll tell the story, how we've overcome, for we'll understand it better. We're often tossed and driven on the restless sea of time. Somber skies and howling tempests all succeed a bright sunshine. In that land of perfect day, when the mids, when the mids has rolled away, we'll understand it better. By and by. Amen. Trials dark on every hand. He can't understand all the ways that God would lead us to that blessed promised land. But He guides us with His eye. We'll follow till we die. For we'll understand it better. And so when the going gets a little tough, things get a little foggy, you're asking, why, why, why? Just remember. Now, someday, Lord, I'll understand this. Amen. You know when you go through the fire? You know who's in that fire with you? When the three Hebrew children were thrown into the fiery furnace, when the king looked down in there, now they said to the king, we're not going to bow. We don't know if we're going to the furnace or not, but God will deliver us. And that fire was so hot when they threw them in, that they burned and killed the men that threw them in. Now here's Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, down in the midst of that fire, having a little church, if you will. What a song leader showed up for him, huh? The Lord himself. And he's in the fire with them. And they're walking all around. And the fire's not hurting them. I think that would get a little, some of us off on our seat if we went through something like that. You say, well, I'm not a runner. You just need something to run for. The prodigal dad, when he saw his son, what did he do? He ran. He's happy to see him come back. Maybe we just need a little something to excite us enough to want to run for Jesus. The king said, I thought we only threw three in there. Well, that's right, king. He said, well, I'm looking in there and I'm counting. One, two, three. Now, when they brought him out, all they brought out, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, guess what? The fourth man is still in the fire. So when you get thrown in the fire, just remember, Jesus is already there. And he's going to help you. Praise the Lord. I don't know why. I don't know why there's a fiery furnace. 
all that Daniel did that was right. Yet there was a lion's den, wasn't there? Amen. You suppose that night Daniel thought of the question, why? Why am I going through this, Lord? But you know what? When those three Hebrew boys went through that, when it was all over, the king said, the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, he's the God. And when it happened to Daniel, they said, Daniel's God is the real God. Sometimes God has to show us off to the world to show the world who he is. And so, as we stand this morning, let me ask you this question. Are you here today? Life isn't making much sense to you? Amen. Are you anxious, fretting, and worrying over things you can't do anything about? Do you have more questions than answers today? I say this morning it's time to start looking through the eyes of faith and take a stand for Jesus. Praise the Lord. Someday soon, soon, you're going to see the whole picture. You'll understand why the trial. You'll understand why the difficulty. Someday soon, it's going to all be over. The fog is going to lift. The lens is going to clear up. And we're going to see the whole picture. We'll understand this is why God did this. This is why God did this. Praise the Lord. And I don't know what may be going on in your life this morning, but I pray this morning you can understand. Regardless, God's on your side today. He's fighting your battles for you. Like Jacob said, why is all this against me? Not knowing that really wasn't the truth. It was all for him. Everything that was happening to Joseph was to save Jacob and his family. And who knows what God's putting you through. He's going to save your family, your friends. Praise the Lord. And someday you're going to realize Jesus was endeavoring to help you all the time. Praise the Lord. Has that ever happened to you? You thought somebody was against you. And then when the truth came out, you realized they were really trying to help you. Jesus is trying to help somebody here today. Lift your hands and let's praise the Lord. Oh, let's reach out to the Lord this morning. Next few moments. I want you to tell the Lord, I don't have to understand why. I trust you, Lord. I trust you, Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the name of Jesus. Praise the name of Jesus. If you need a little help from the Lord this morning, you need to touch your body, lift your hands, let's just pray together. Praise God. Lord, move all over this house this morning. All over this house this morning. Amen. Praise the Lord. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. That's right, sis. That's right. That's right. Hallelujah. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost in the house this morning. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Jesus in your name. Hallelujah. Jesus in your name, Lord. Hallelujah. Jesus in your name. Perhaps you could touch the one next to you and pray for him this morning. Say, God, help my brother or help my sister. Hallelujah. Jesus. Hallelujah. Jesus in your name, Lord.
If you love him, go ahead and thank him. 